All right. Welcome, everybody. This is a brand new Inter-Miami podcast called Inside Inter-Miami. Joining our, our uh, family of podcasts at Miami Herald at MiamiHerald.com. Uh, I'm your host, Deputy Sports Editor Andre Fernandez. Of course, joined by the person who has covered Inter-Miami since day one. Heck, since day minus one. But when there were even just a thought of being a team. And that's Michelle Kaufman, who has covered not just Inter-Miami, but international soccer for quite some time. Uh, Michelle, you know, you've covered, for people that don't follow your career, you've covered, you know, World Cups, Super Bowls, you name it, Wimbledon, French Open. The level of intensity that it's just mind-boggling, the way that this has gone literally from overnight, from zero to 100, you know, from you being, you know, the one person out there to now hundreds. Tell us a little bit about just how crazy, as we introduce this show and what we're going to talk about, you know, obviously the team into Miami. And that guy whose picture is right behind you right now, Lionel Messi, who has, has uh, you know, skyrocketed everything with uh, not just the Inter-Miami and the MLS. How's these last few weeks been? Yeah, well, really, my life changed on June 7th. Uh, you know, it's it's like people say, where were you when this happened? Where was I on June 7th when Lionel Messi made this really shocking announcement <laughs> that he was going to come to Inter-Miami and come to MLS? We're talking about the best player in the world, arguably the best player of all time, choosing not to go to Barcelona, where he had spent 20 years, not to go to Saudi Arabia, where he was offered $500 million, but to come to to come to Inter Miami to play for literally the last place team, uh, you know, a fledgling team in, in, in Major League Soccer. So this was a very shocking announcement and it turned my world upside down. It really did. I, I went from being a beat writer on a team where I was often the only one or one of just a few reporters at, at practice in the mornings to somebody who yesterday to go to his first training session, I had to go through a metal detector. I had to RSVP first, go through a metal detector from the metal detector to have my bags checked, get a wristband, and then go stand in the blazing heat with 200 credentialed media for, for a training session of 20 minutes. And and that was the 200 that they let in. Those were the ones that were approved media. There were, I think, you know, several hundred more who did not get approved. So, you well, know, there was even like choppers circling, right? Taking pictures. Yes, I mean, there, there was yeah. at least one or two choppers circling above. I think it was Telemundo. <laughs> it might have been Apple TV. Uh, yeah. This is a global story. This is not a Miami story. This is not even of a U.S. sports story. This is a global story. Yeah. And I, it, it, the number of page views that I'm getting from my stories. The number of Twitter followers that have been added to my feed, with a lot of them being from overseas, I'm getting a lot of messages now, tweet uh, replies in, in Arabic, in Chinese, in Japanese, uh, obviously in Spanish, which I do speak. My family's Cuban, we're Juban, so I speak perfect Spanish, which is, well, maybe not perfect, but fluent, uh, which is very important on this beat, really it is, yeah. with, with Lionel Messi and Tata and these other Spanish players who are coming in. So... Um, my my job has you know the excitement level is through the roof right now for this team and for leo messi and everything that he does on and off the field and you know i'm, I'm competing with with the argentine media who who have brought people here from buenos aires to be stationed in miami full time to right. cover leo messi when i say cover what i mean is they they stalk him they they yeah. they wait on the corner of commercial boulevard and 15 and they sit there with cameras and just watch his car drive past to go to the training center. Yeah. And they yell at him. And sometimes he opens his window and he waves. 
And then they do a stand-up and they do a whole stand-up for five minutes about the fact that they just saw Leo and Leo is on his way to training and he's going to be training for a few hours and then he's going to leave and then he's going to do this. So there's just so much buzz and so much interest about Leo Messi. He has completely yeah. changed this that's team. Kinda like, changed my life. Yeah, he's changed. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like Ichiro. That's kind of like what like we I've, from my time covering the Marlins when we when Ichiro was with the Marlins, the Japanese media, every little move he'd make, they were camped out. He'd pull up at spring training, and it was like pictures, you know, taking everything, every documenting like every little step. So it reminds me of that, like just that level of superstar. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, when he went to Publix, you know, I don't know if it was staged, you know, Publix does have to be one of the team sponsors, but right. when he was at Publix, everyone found out about his first meal. You know, where did Messi eat his first meal? A prima pasta. We all know now that it was a little, and not a fancy restaurant. He's not a prime 112 kind of guy. He's, he's a very humble guy who takes his family out to dinner to more, you know, places where I think the, the most expensive item on the menu over there is $38 or something. So, you know, but yeah, everything that mess, Messi has completely changed this this beat, uh, this league, the city. There are murals all over the city, giant murals in Wynwood and downtown Miami welcoming him, which, you know, you didn't even see with LeBron. I mean, to be honest, there were not as many life-size, bigger than life-size. I mean, covering entire sides of buildings. Artists came here from Argentina to paint some of these murals. So it's it's a massive, massive global story. This is a man with 468 million, 468 million Instagram followers, which is more than anybody. LeBron has 148, I believe. So, you know, he has just a global following. People just adore him, love him. They want to know everything about him. And all of a sudden, he fell into my lap. He fell into Miami. And of course, Miami seems to be the epicenter of everything. And Miami is now the epicenter of the soccer universe, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that, him, Damian Lillard, maybe. I mean, Tyreek Hill. I mean, we, it's, it's, a, it's a magnet for all kinds of superstars. But Michelle, you know, this, this show, like just tell the listeners and the watcher and the, the people that are watching this right now, you can find it and you can listen to it on all the podcatchers, you know, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, YouTube and the Miami Herald.com. Uh, but we're going to be diving into Inter Miami, and no one knows the team better than you do, uh, covering it since, you know, since the beginning, like we talked about. Uh, but one thing, just tell people what you have an interesting story of when this news broke. You were at the Eiffel Tower. Is that correct? I, I want to know where exactly in the Eiffel Tower were you when this happened? And how did you? No, I was. I was. Yeah, I was on vacation. I was on vacation in Paris, which interestingly is where Messi was when he made the announcement. I don't know why it's like he didn't he, invite it's like he me. Knew. <laughs> I'm shocked that he didn't invite me to the announcement. No, he had made an agreement with a Barcelona reporter that he had a relationship with for a long time to make the announcement there on June 7th. He happened to be in Paris and so was I, but I was not invited to that little meeting. Uh, but anyway, yes, I just left uh, the Musée d'Orsay I had just been in the art museum with my husband looking at the impressionist paintings. I knew this was hovering over me that Messi might make the announcement any day. And I, I feared that it might happen uh, during that because Phil Neville was fired when I was boarding my flight to go to Paris. So I had to write that story from the plane, which I did. I wrote that story from the plane. Never fails. And then I go, and then I go to, I go to France and on June 7th, uh, Messi makes his announcement and I was standing with my husband under the Eiffel Tower 
we were taking some pictures and I got a phone call from somebody telling me that that was probably going to happen on that day and that I should be near a computer. And I told my husband and, you know, that was kind of the end of that day of the vacation and much of the next day also, uh, because it's a huge story. So, you know, um, it, it took over my life. It took over my vacation for a couple of days there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's truly been, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind for me since June 7th, the Miami Herald, as you know, if you follow the Miami Herald, we've been producing so much copy and, you know, I've been writing so many words about this man. It's just, it's a really big story and there's a lot of interest people. There's just a real hunger to know everything that there is to know about Messi. Yeah, on that note, if you haven't already, everybody out there, check out a lot of Michelle's stories. Uh, she made a great, she wrote a great profile just about Messi's beginnings. Very interesting the way he went from someone undersized, had to take those, you know, growth hormones and everything just to become physically the player that he is now. You know, that journey from, you know, such humble beginnings to the megastar that he is now. So if you haven't read that, it's a great piece. Check that one and many others out. And, well, we're, we're hearing a lot about the way you're preparing, Michelle, but now that you've seen it in practice, how is Drive Pink Stadium? How are the how is the team getting ready for this insanity that's coming on Friday when this man actually steps on the field and actually plays some soccer? Oh yeah, there have been a lot of adjustments. Security is completely different at Drive Pink Stadium. So for anyone who has not been to a game in the messy era, there's sort of the pre, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there's pre-messy and post-messy eras of this team. Uh, the, the stadium security is completely different. They have, they've added a lot of security guards. There also are barricades and places that you used to be able to go through the team. There, there was a tradition before, which was a very nice tradition. The team, uh, would start to get ready at the training facility, which is adjacent to the stadium across a parking lot. And they would walk, the team would walk across the parking lot. There were barricades on two sides, like two railings, and the fans could stand along the two railings and wave. It was kind of a walk into the stadium, and the fans could take selfies and take pictures of the players as they walk in. They're not doing that anymore. They just can't. They cannot have crowd control with Messi there. So they have a bus. They now have a charter bus that literally picks them up you know, outside of the training facility and drives it about 100 yards to the stadium into a secured gate area where they then get off the bus and go right into the stadium. So there is no interaction between the team and fans in between the training facility and the stadium anymore. And they just can't do it. There's no way that they could control the number of fans that come out. I can tell you just from the practice yesterday, from his first practice, which was not open to the public, it was only open to the 200 media who were credentialed. There were at least 100 fans. You know, I'd started off 50 to 100. By the time I left, it was probably more than 100 fans that were camped out across the street, on the grass, on street corners, all wearing Argentina shirts, number 10 Inter Miami shirts, uh, you know, with signs, with banners wrapped around uh, their shoulders, wrapped with Argentine flags. These are all fans who just want to get a glimpse. They just want to get a glimpse of Messi and they knew that he was going to be practicing. So they were there camped out for hours before some of them were there at 7 a.m. When he drove in to go to the training facility, they were already there waving at him and waving the Argentine flag. So imagine on a game day 
how many people are going to want to get a picture of Messi and try yeah. to get a selfie with Messi. So they they just can't have any interaction really between the fans and this team anymore. So so yeah. right there, that's going to be a change that fans will see. They're not going to see that walk into the stadium anymore. That's that's done. Uh, yeah. And then you know they've also because of Messi, they've enhanced a lot of the uh, food options. For example, the midfield club is now fancier than it was before. Uh, the food options now are going to be better and different, you know, because it, Messi is here. They've added 100 VIP seats on the east side of the stadium. The, the west side is the side that has the VIP clubs. They've now added, because of demand, 100 VIP seats field level on the east side so that people who want to sit in the front row and the front few rows can now do so. 100 extra people are going to get the VIP treatment on the east side of the stadium, which was never available before. Um, in order to increase capacity, it was 18 to 19,000 before. They just added 3,000 seats. They built up uh, bleachers in two of the corners in the southeast and the northeast corners, which used to be open. There are now metal bleachers. They added 1,500 seats in each of those corners to increase the capacity by 3,000. So that's another thing that looks different. Um, and then uh, more kiosks for uh, for merchandise, and just in general, more kiosks for selling T-shirts, merchandise, uh, food, beverage. They've just amped everything up. It's like Drive Pink Stadium on steroids for Messi, you know. And the security, yeah. for sure, fans are going to see a very, very different security. One of the main concerns is is um, pitch invaders which is a big problem in soccer and especially when Messi is playing uh, you know a lot of games that he's played overseas uh people have tried to jump onto the field and have run around it just happened in China a few weeks ago when he was playing against Australia with the Argentine national team uh, a Chinese young teenager ran onto the field and chased him all over the field and uh, actually N Messi almost got knocked over not by the fan but by the police when the police came running over to it to arrest that kid they almost knocked Messi over uh he had to kind wow. of stumble around but i put in my story the way he has, has very good balance it's very hard to knock him down and even the police officers couldn't quite knock him down he was able to with his low center of gravity he stayed on his feet but uh this is one of the biggest concerns with Messi being on Inter Miami is our fans going to run onto the field and try to invade the field and meet him. And, uh, you know, so this is another thing. They're going to have security. There's going to be a ring. There will be a ring of security guards all the way around the field to prevent pitch invaders, which, which you know, is, is bound to happen at some point with somebody of his status on the field. Well, now let's uh, talk a little bit. We talked a little bit about just the, the scene, the craziness, the adjustments they're making. What kind of Lionel Messi can fans expect when they start Friday against Cruz Azul in, in that game in the League's Cup? I mean, there's been some conjecture. Is he going to play? Is he going to start? Is he going to just play a certain amount of minutes because he's coming off his vacation right now? Maybe he's probably not in the top Messi type form that we're used to right now. He's going to have to build back up to that. So what, what have you heard? What, what do you think on that front? Yeah, what I've heard is that he's definitely going to play. He will play. The question is how long he will play or if he will even start. You know, this is a this is a tournament that the team would like to win. The team 
is in a very tough position as far as the league standings right now. Two-thirds of the season are over. It's not even mid-season. There's only one-third of the season left of MLS. Uh, MLS is on hiatus now for one month for people who don't follow as much. Um, and that's another thing. Uh, bringing Messi here, the whole world is now all of a sudden interested in MLS. And they don't really know anything about MLS. A lot of soccer fans around the world have followed it, if at all, very peripherally. They don't even know how it works. They don't know what playoffs are because in the rest of the world, pretty much whoever, whichever team has the best record at the end of the season, that is the champion. They don't do playoffs then. They don't then start playoffs. In most right. places around the world, if your team finishes in first place, it wins. It wins the championship right. and they get the trophy. So, And they have promotion and relegation in Europe and stuff like that. So I've actually gotten some emails and texts from fans around the world that want to know is, is Inter Miami in danger of relegation? If they don't <laughs> lift up from last place, what's going to happen? Are they going to be relegated? Yeah. And I have to explain that there is no promotion relegation in MLS, right. although some people think that would be a great idea. Um, so a lot of people don't even understand how this league works or, or you know how what's going on. But one third of the season remains. There are 12 games left that Messi will be able to participate in out of 37 games total. So really only one third of the games are left. Um, and Miami is in last place. Miami is in last place and has to make up, probably has to score, has to earn about 25 points out of the, they have to earn about 25 points that, you know, to, to reach where to really secure a playoff spot. So it's going to be very tough, even with Messi, even with Busquets, even with, with Jordi Alba, it's going to be hard for this team to dig out of the hole that they're in. So I think a lot of the focus from management is going to be, and from Tata, to try to win a cup. They have two cups this summer that they can try to win. The, the U.S. Open Cup, they're already in the semifinal. Okay, the semifinal is August 23rd at Cincinnati. If they win that game, they're in the final. And Jorge Mas said yesterday that it is possible that they would play the final at, at a Hard Rock Stadium that if they are going to be the host of the final game, they would move that game to Hard Rock Stadium because the demand is going to be huge for the U.S. Open Cup final, uh, you know, for Messi's first time, and, and they could maybe lift a cup. And I think that's the image that they would love is to have Lionel Messi lifting a cup. It doesn't matter what cup. He could lift a, you know, a solo cup, a Dixie cup, you know. A coffee cup, any anything. Kind of cup. Right. <laughs> a coffee cup, a mate cup, anything. They want him to lift a cup with all of the team around him and, and have some kind of positive image for a team that is literally in last place right now. He's coming to the worst team. So uh, this cup now that he's going to be playing in on Friday night is called the League's Cup. And again, a quick primer. This is a brand new tournament, League's Cup. It's between all of the teams in MLS and all of the teams in Liga MX, the Mexican League. I think it's 77 teams or so altogether. Right. Um, anyway, all the teams from both leagues will be playing each other. They'll be playing in a World Cup style format. They're in groups. There's a group stage, and then there's a knockout stage. And then the you know whichever team wins this gets to move on to the CONCACAF Champions League. So this is a brand new tournament. And what better way to promote this tournament than having Messi play in the opening game. This is a really big deal. So, um, you know, it's going to be on Apple and everything else. And, you know, so 
Messi will play. There's no question that Messi is going to play. I am not sure that he would even start. I see a I see a situation where he comes in off the bench. Everybody gets very excited and Leo Messi, and he comes right. in and everyone gets super Grand excited entry. and he plays. Yep. Yeah, and maybe plays 15 or 20 minutes even. I'm not sure if he'll even maybe play a half hour. I don't see him playing the whole game. I'm not even sure that he'll start. Maybe he will. Uh, but, you know, when someone starts, you don't, they don't usually want to take him out very quickly. You know, it's more likely to me that he will come in off the bench. That's a more likely scenario. No one has said for sure. Um, but, but he will play. And this is a tournament that, again, it's a brand new tournament. Uh, this is another one where if they have two opportunities to lift a cup, I'm not sure the MLS cup is a realistic opportunity because they're so far down in the standings. If he works miracles with his new teammates and elevates the whole team, it would be an incredible, incredible fairy tale story. A more likely scenario would be that they lift a cup in the U.S. Open Cup, which is an all-comers tournament that's been around 104 years, and it's never going to have as much coverage as it will for that semifinal against Cincinnati. And the other one is the League's Cup. So this is where Messi is going to start. You know, this summer, he doesn't play his first MLS league game until August 26th at New York Red Bulls. That will be his first league game, August 26th. Between now and then, he's going to be playing in Leagues Cup and U.S. Open Cup. That's how he's going to kind of get acclimated to the league. Well, it shows you it shows you too the growth of the MLS as a league because you know if you go back, I mean, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in recent, I don't know how many years it's been, a very short amount of time, it, it seems like the league's almost doubled its size. You have expansion teams almost every year. Now it's a 30, 32 team league. And on top of that, you're playing these types of tournaments. It's very similar. I, I'm a Premier League fan. In the Premier League, you have the FA Cup and you have the main schedule you were talking about. Plus, like you said, it's very interesting seeing the concept of we're not used to relegation and, and and promotion to go to the Champions League tournament later on. We have our one league, you and we have playoffs, and we're used to that concept. Uh, you know, in America, with the NFL or the NBA, we're used to a playoff format. Around the world, a lot of people aren't, so that's obviously very interesting. But I think, think what you're saying the 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 impact he can have, not just to this team, but to this league. How much do you think? I mean, it can really, I think, start to narrow the gap, I think, worldwide between MLS and the prestigious European leagues that have been around for so long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jorge Mas, for anyone who's ever met him or heard him, he's he is a big dreamer. He is a big dreamer and, and he thinks anything is possible. He really does. And I I told him flat out, you know, when I first talked to him after this happened. I did not really think that he was going to pull this one off. He's been talking about bringing Messi here for three years plus. And, you know, I thought, well, good for him. Good for Jorge. He's a dreamer. But there's no way that Messi is going to come here and play on Commercial Boulevard at Drive King Stadium. You know, maybe when they build the Miami Freedom Park, I thought maybe that he would come here to inaugurate the new stadium with the big fancy skyboxes in downtown you know, Miami and all this. I never imagined that he would be driving over there to Drive King Stadium by the Dunkin' Donuts. You know, I did an interview with Ray Hudson, and who's so funny, and he's like, can you imagine Lionel Messi and Sergey Busquets and Jordi Alba stopping by the Dunkin' Donuts on Commercial Boulevard after a training session? I mean, to, before they get yeah. on I-95. I mean, it's just, 
<clears throat> it's almost it, shame, shameless, plug to, shameless, shameless plug to another Michelle story. Great interview with Ray Hudson, who is one of the best quotes on earth. Forget about sports or other one. Of, maybe the best, maybe the best quote <laughs> on earth. If you haven't read my story on, you know, Ray Hudson's take on Lionel Messi, he's, he's been a Lionel Messi fan is not the word. He is just, he has been singing his praises in such colorful ways for decades and, you know, he just loves Leo so much. So I, I got Ray's take on Leo coming here and it was amazing. His quotes, one after the other, after the other was just, I just wanted to turn on the, the tight tape recorder and just let him talk. Um, but yeah, so what does it mean? What does it mean for the league? What it means is, first of all, just a tiny bit of background. From the time MLS formed a team, for Miami, which was the Miami Fusion. Okay, we're gonna go back now to the late 90s. The idea, the concept with MLS back then was to have the team at the Orange Bowl in the middle of urban Miami, in the middle of a Latin neighborhood, and have this be the Latin team of MLS. And, the, and Carlos Valderrama, El Pibe, was the first star that they signed. They signed yep. a Colombian star because the idea was they wanted this to be a Hispanic team, a Latin team that would extend the reach of this league to Latin America and to Central America and to the Caribbean. The idea was that this was going to be a global team that, yes, all of the fans in South America and Central America have their teams that they follow from their countries and their national team. They wanted this to be the adopted team of all of those fans, their second team. That's how I was told from 1997, from the commissioners back then, Doug Logan, that the idea was this would be the adopted team of Latin America. Latin American fans are never gonna ditch their hometown team or their national team. They're so passionate about those teams. They wanted this to be the MLS team, the adopted team of all of those markets. So now fast forward, here we are in 2023. Apple has just signed a $2.5 billion broadcasting streaming package where you can watch every MLS game everywhere in the world with any Apple product. You can watch it on your phone, on your iPad, on your Xbox, you know, whatever. So this is now available. You can watch MLS games all over the world. And now you have Leo Messi here, of all people, you know, people around the world, the 468 million Instagram followers can tune into an MLS game. People who have never watched an MLS game before, people who don't even know what the team names are, who the other stars are. Uh, you know, it was funny because yesterday at the practice, I put this in my story, at the practice on, on uh, Tuesday, um, there were photographers there and journalists there who also don't know the league, by the way. And so all they know is they know what Messi looks like and they knew what Busquets looks like. They didn't know who any of these MLS guys are, honestly. They didn't know who the Inter-Miami players are. And so there were two photographers standing there and, and one of them says, where's Messi? Where's Messi? Donde esta Messi? And then the other one says, he's right there by the blonde guy. Ahí al lado del rubio. Está al lado del rubio. Okay, the rubio, the blonde guy that he was talking about, was Joseph Martinez, the leading scorer of this team, a member of the Venezuelan national team, and the MLS MVP in 2018. In that is who the Rubio, Atlanta, yeah. Rubio. Yeah. Yep. So in other words, MLS is but he a becomes league. he becomes a random guy to that guy and not Joseph Martinez. Right. Martinez. <laughs> yes. 
exactly. So the thing is with, with, with Messi joining this team, he is going to expand the reach of MLS. Fans all over the world are now going to be looking at the standings. They're going to get to know the names of the teams. They're going to start watching games on Apple, and they're going to start to, you know, maybe like other players that they see or become a fan of another team even or start following the transactions, the trades, the, the, the movements of, you know, of players and stuff like that, which at this point really has been mostly fans in the United States. They want to extend that fan base all around the world. And with Messi being in Miami, this is going to reach that the tentacles of this league are going to reach globally because of this partnership of Messi, Inter Miami, MLS and Apple. And what a great way to extend that beyond then you have the World Cup coming in 2026 here. We're going to be one of the sites. You know, and then Copa it just goes America on first. On. Copa By America the way, too. Copa America is next summer. Copa right. America 2025 is going to be hosted in the United States. Miami surely will be hosting games. So again, they're going to have Messi and his friends playing here on U.S. Mm -hmm. soil, leading into Copa America 2025, leading into World Cup 2026. I mean, it all. It's not by accident that all of this happened. This was not just another transaction in MLS. The MLS. This is a global transaction that involves Adidas. It involves Apple. It involves MLS. It involves, of course, Inter Miami and Lionel Messi. It's just like a giant partnership to raise the level and the status and the exposure of soccer in the United States between now and 2026. And I think it's going to be massive. I can tell you as the beat writer who's covering this story, I have already seen the impact in the one week that he's been here. I think he landed exactly one week ago. The impact that he's already had on MLS and on Inter Miami is just stunning. And what he can do here over the next two years, three years, leading into the next World Cup is going to be massive. And it will raise the exposure and it's going to bring other players, a lot of young players, including two young ones who are about to sign with Inter Miami, who are signing this week, some one of these days, uh, a very young 20-year-old star from Argentina, another one from, from Paraguay, you know, players around the world now, young players who are deciding where to go. The idea of coming to MLS and playing on Messi's team or getting to play against Messi in the same league that Messi's in, it raises the status and the profile of this league, you know, in a huge way. Yeah, I mean, I read those rumors yeah, of Suarez, rumors too. Of Suarez. I mean, that's another major level soccer superstar, too. Level. We're not talking oh, some we're young kid either. That's going to accomplish. I mean, that's the kind of caliber player that could – you know, at least just the fact that even that's being considered is you hear that and you're like, wow, this they could not only turn this into a just a spectacle that it is, but it could be a super team of sorts that could be put together, you know, if not for this season, maybe for next season as well. But uh, you, you called Jorge Moss a, a big dreamer, and I, I have many fond memories of talking to him back in the day when he would uh, go be on the Columbus football sidelines. And uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see that this has worked out for him and that they're having success for him for sure. But uh, you know, Michelle and I will be, you know, on a weekly basis coming to you with all of this type of information and more on Inter Miami, on Messi, of course, everyone else that may has already joined him, may join him in the near future. And the next big chapter is Friday, Inter Miami facing Cruz Azul in the, in the League's Cup. Let's see 
when he makes his debut, maybe he makes that grand entrance you were talking about, which makes a lot of sense that they would bring him in, you know, maybe early in the second half, let the let the place go crazy and 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 and, and go from there. So um, it'll be fun. It should be fun for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun ride. I mean, it's going to be a fun ride. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a really, really interesting sports story to follow from now through the end of the season and into next season. Like you said, you know, I know one thing Jorge is uh, trying to get the league to persuade the league to relax the rules a little bit to allow more big signings. You know, they're very, very structured. Their roster rules are are impossible to understand, even as someone who's covered the league as long as I have. Uh, so, you know, they're working on, they are working. I talked to Don Garber the other day, the commissioner, they are going to probably relax some of the rules so that some other teams can also bring in players. You know, Jorge feels, Jorge wants to make this league. He, you know how he puts out big statements. Jorge wants to make MLS one of the top two to three leagues in the world. He absolutely believes that MLS at some point can compete for players with the EPL and with La Liga and now Saudi Arabia that's throwing around huge amounts of money. Uh, he believes that MLS is at a point right now in its history where it can compete. And one of the ways to do it is to relax the rules. And if they relax the rules, I could see Leo uh, Luis Suarez somehow ending up here too. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Very, very interesting. What's going to happen here over the next six months. Well, Michelle and I will be here uh, to, to guide you through it on a weekly basis. Uh, like you said before, this is Inside Inter Miami, the Miami Herald's new podcast on Inter Miami and all things Lionel Messi, soccer, and otherwise. Um, Michelle, thanks for this as always. And we um, look forward to talking to you next week after he makes his debut and kind of looking back on how that went and go from there as we progress into the next few months of uh, Messi mania. Yes. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for this new podcast. I've been doing a lot of radio shows, by the way. I always do a lot of radio shows, but lately since Messi signed, I've done radio shows Everywhere. in New Zealand. Yep. I've done radio shows in New Zealand, in Ireland, I've, I've for the BBC. Um, you know, I've been called by a lot of different radio stations and podcasts around the country. And I'm glad that the Miami Herald, we're now going to have our own platform and our own place to talk into Miami because I can talk into Miami until I'm blue in the face or pink in the face. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a very exciting topic. Like I, I've been covering this team from day one, from the day that from the day that David Beckham in February of 2014 announced at the Pam Museum on the waterfront that he wants to have a team in Miami. Yep. That was nine years ago, and here we are with a team, not exactly on the Miami waterfront, but with Leo Messi <laughs> wearing number 10 in pink and black. So, yep. you know, it, it's a, it's going to be an exciting team to cover. No matter what happens, win or lose, there's going to be storylines, and, and I'm going to be at the front line on the sidelines. So I'm happy that we have our own platform now that we'll be able to talk in Miami. And later on, other things, too. I'd love to talk about the Women's World Cup also on the next episode. Definitely. We'll have that. And we'll also have some guests too from time to time on the show. And we uh, look forward to bringing it to you. For Michelle Kaufman, I'm Andre Fernandez. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you next time.